and our ears will come to God's word in the gospel of Mark in the sixth chapter, starting in the 30th verse. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away to the boat in a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great cloud, a great crowd, and he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are you to Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. As we encounter this gospel today... We will, I hope, be struck by the call that these disciples have that at first seemed inconceivable for them. But I hope by the end of our time in God's Word this morning, it will be inconceivable for us not to respond to God's command, to Jesus' call. It made me think not unlike those Thai soccer players who were trapped not that long ago, just a couple of weeks. Trapped in those waters and those caves in what seemed like an impossible task. But not one person ever considered doing anything less than offering everything they had to rescue those boys. Even a rescue worker giving up his own life. It would have been inconceivable to do any less, right? And why is it that we get so confused about our discipleship in following Jesus? In the text today, the disciples were confused. I mean, Jesus had a good plan, right? They were going for some R&R. Until Jesus took compassion on the crowd that followed them. They had been looking for that rest, but instead it was time to minister. But too often, these hard tasks in the Christian walk, somehow we get confused and misunderstand what it is to follow Jesus. 
We confuse the meekness of Christ with weakness instead of seeing the power of the cross. We confuse obedience to Christ with unoriginality instead of knowing the power of following the one who leads the charge. We confuse grace even with caving in instead of understanding the power of turning around and repenting and of forgiveness. Some of us even confuse faith, you've probably heard this, as a crutch instead of a rock-solid foundation to stand and withstand any storm or season of life. No, it's not true that Christians are weak. Instead, I would submit that God calls us to be tough. To have, as our youth learned this last week, our mid-school youth on mission, to have some grit, to do tough stuff. And that's where we get our sermon title this week from the theme that our youth studied all week long on mission. We do tough stuff. Life isn't easy. And when I first wrote this, I wrote, following Jesus isn't for the faint of heart. But then I thought about it some more and I thought, no, actually it is. <laughs> it's for the strong. It's for the tough. It's for the faint of heart because we don't get our grit. We don't get our strength from us. We get it from the Spirit who is in us. The Holy Spirit who comes to us in our baptism. The Holy Spirit who fills us. The same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Working in you and in me to do, yes, sometimes very tough stuff. If you look at some of the most transformational moments in history and just uh, recall them in your mind, where the world went a different direction, where things were transformed and changed, you'll often find a Christian that God used to lead that charge. Whether it was Wilberforce in England or, or Dr. Martin Luther King later here or even way back to those first Words of human rights found in the Ten Commandments where God ordered life with Him and us and gave value to what life is all about. God has been at work in transforming humanity and transforming us and bringing His truth and His grace to the world. Today, in God's Word, we're going to explore how Christ sets us free. He sets us free for doing His work, sometimes tough, what may seem impossible work. This calling, as our youth learned this last week, to trust in Him, to take courage and surrender to Christ, is what God is doing in us here today. And in Ephesians 2.10, as you heard Phil read it, we're going to discover that God gives us that calling. It's not of my design or yours or your favorites or mine. It's what God has set before us as our way of life. Followers of Jesus have grit. And we'll discover this as we look in the text today. We're going to look at it in three ways that the disciples responded and 
began to understand how Jesus was calling them by receiving, submitting, and trying. As we look at these three tasks revealed to us in the scriptures, and yes, by the way, if you're OCD, they are in alphabetical order, you're welcome. But this first task of receiving is the gift of receiving our identity in Christ. Our identity in Christ comes from God through the reception of His Word, the reception of His grace. We get new life. As we receive, oftentimes we get called weak. Weak because we're accused of being hypocrites. We say we're going to do one thing and we believe this and do another. And the truth is, that is sometimes true. And we heard in last week's sermon from Pastor Bruce that we are called to die to our sin and not be hypocrites. But in the midst of that, we recognize that we're sinners and we have to humbly acknowledge that we still fall short. And so we need to receive the conviction of God's law as we receive the grace that redeems us of being that hypocritical person. And so we receive grace and we get transformed. And as we receive that grace, that grace that all of us needs for all of us who fall short, then we submit. We submit to the calling that God has for us. The disciples had received their identity to be followers of Jesus. But now, on that grassy field, they were called to submit because they, they wanted to send the crowd away. They couldn't see how this day of R&R that had turned into a day of ministry could get better. Let's get this crowd out of here finally. Let's, let's just take care of ourselves now. But Jesus had a different plan. He said, you feed them, which they thought was impossible. 200 days of wages, they said, to just get the bread. But they submitted to his call when he said, well, what do you have? When they asked, and we know from another gospel that they asked a boy who had some fish and loaves. They said, well, we've got these loaves and these two fish. Great. So Jesus blessed it. And the disciples submitted to his will and followed his leading. In the story of feeding the thousands today, they discovered that in obedience to Christ, that Jesus was about to do a miracle through them. But they didn't know it in advance. They thought they could see the picture clearly. I mean, it, there's no way we can feed these people, right? And that is true for you and I. Sometimes submitting is hard. There's a false teaching out there that says God won't give us more than we can handle. It's not true. Life and 
Even the Lord leading us gives us more than we can handle quite frequently. It's a misinterpretation of a passage about how God will, will protect us and guard us through temptation and, and dealing with sin. No, life is often overwhelming. And we, in the midst of that overwhelmed nature of life, need to submit to Christ. I know in my life, in the times that I felt most ill-equipped, most overwhelmed, it's when then I submitted most to Christ. And we get it wrong. We think we've got it right like the disciples did, but we are on the wrong path often. We have to be under the lordship of Christ, under his word and his way, not our way. I'll give you an example of that on the work crew I was on on the mission trip this last week. First two days heading out to our work site, we got lost both days. (laughs) Apparently, not only do you have to put the right street and address, you have to put the right city into the GPS. (laughs) So... On day three, we're on our path to the work site, and we're looking at these streets, and they do not look familiar, and we're thinking, oh man, we are lost again. Here's the irony. We looked at the GPS and realized, no, actually, we were on the right path. You see, what we thought was right was wrong, and what was actually right was right there before us but we didn't recognize it we need God's word to clarify and to teach and we need to submit to him and to his way because we get off on the wrong path and think we're right all too often and that was true for the disciples But they were willing, nevertheless, even though they thought they were right and Jesus was wrong, they submitted. So you know what they did next? They tried to do what he said to do. It seemed impossible. It seemed tough. It was a big task to feed these thousands. And when I say thousands, I mean thousands. They counted, as you read and heard in the scripture, 5,000 men, which meant there were probably many more women and children, maybe 10,000, maybe more sitting in groups of 50 and 100, the disciples tried what Jesus said. And as they passed out that food that he had blessed, stomachs, well, you know what happened. They were filled. We do hard stuff with the grit of God's Spirit within us. We do hard stuff In our youth ministries, we do hard stuff in our life together as a church because that's what God calls us to do. Jesus takes us by the hand and leads us to this work, his kingdom work. The perseverance and grit that we need comes from him. Yes, it's a paradox. Jesus does say that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's in coming to his grace. But in responding to him, we do have to pick up the cross and follow him. And that won't be easy. 
And so we need to do, as we learned on one of our work sites this week in the mission trip, uh, Soccer Without Borders that was breaking down walls between cultures and providing a platform and opportunity later in relationship to share the gospel. As we were teaching those boys and girls soccer, they had to follow this one rule, try everything. Not everything they wanted to do, but everything the coach instructed them to do. And that's true for us. We're called to try everything. Not everything we want to do or feel like is good, but to try everything that our head coach, our good shepherd, Jesus, says to do. He leads the way. And as disciples tried, transformation happened through them. And so you are called to be part of this. Even if it seems impossible, whether it's the middle of the night as a parent or a task that seems too daunting at work or with a beloved family member or friend whose brokenness seems too great to be overcome, God calls us to be engaged in our city and across borders and throughout the world for His namesake. You might be ridiculed. It will be hard. You might be challenged. You might face hardship. It will be tough. And it will probably seem impossible on our own like it did for those disciples. But you, as Paul writes to Timothy, not called to a spirit of timidity, but to a boldness uh, with the Spirit of God within you. Yes, Jesus is the hero in this. Christ alone can save. Don't miss that even in this story of feeding the thousands, Jesus is the hero, not the disciples. But also don't miss that Jesus used the hands of the disciples to do His work the work that He's called you to do as your and my way of life. And so we are called to receive and submit and to try. Wherever Jesus leads, you will do tough stuff for the kingdom of God. So where is Jesus leading you today to receive, submit, or try? I want you to take just a moment, just a few moments, And we'll quietly pray to Jesus and ask Him in our own lives, where is He leading us? Leading us in our baptism to receive, submit, and try. And then I'll pray for you for that task ahead. Let's take a moment and talk to God privately. God, as this conversation begins about where you are calling us to receive, submit, or try, we pray that you would lead us and that we would follow your lead today, tomorrow, and every day ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. One final challenge. As you continue to talk to Jesus about where he's calling you to receive or submit or try, I want to give you this challenge. Tell somebody else about it, what he's calling you to do. Let them help you be cheered on for this task. As a fellow sister or brother in Christ, tell the story of what God is doing in you so that they can support you in that. 
to follow where Jesus leads and see the transformation that he does. Amen.